Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let's Get to Know. This is episode number four, I believe. Uh, my name is Jules Foreman. I am your host, and I am so pleased and honored to welcome our guest for today's episode. Um, <laughs> how, how about you introduce really, yourself? Um, I, I can introduce myself. Uh, my, my tag is CACT. Uh, I work as an esports consultant in the esports uh, industry, but my uh, real name is Cyrus Garakanian. Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome to this show. I am super excited to have you on. Um, I've known you for, oh God, it's probably been a little over a year, two years, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah, and, you know, obviously most people know about you through your work in the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and um, community doing tournament organizing and putting mm -hmm. together these large events, uh, such as your most recent, or one of your most recent personal projects, Rise and Grind, which was a mm -hmm. huge success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I wanted to take the time today to invite you on and, you know, give the people, uh, a way to connect with you and, and get to know who is Cyrus Kagdgar Canyon. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, why don't, why don't you take the floor and tell us a little bit more about yourself? For sure. And again, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a great always a pleasure talking to you and, and always a pleasure to be here oh um, for sure yeah so i mean you know i so obviously you know i i go by cact in a community but you know you can call me cyrus i'm i know a lot of people tend to be very like selective with who with who can call them by their first names um but i mean i i don't care like it, it could be like a random player that i've never met before if they walk up to me and they're like, "Hey Cyrus, can you help me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like I, I, I don't mind at all because to me it's like, "Well, this is this is my name, and you're addressing me by my name." I don't really have a, you know, anything against that. I know I know certain people want to kind of differentiate their Smash life from their personal life, which is totally respectable, and I I am that to some degree. But when it comes to my name, you know, I think. Um, I know some people always ask me like, oh, like what, you know, do you prefer Cact or Cyrus? I'm like, eh, just whatever fits. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been, you know, I've been in the smash scene, uh, for, uh, seven years now, actually. I joined in fall 2015, um, through, during smash four. And I was just like, you know, your average, you know, competitor just going to weeklies and whatnot, you know, nothing too crazy. Um. But before that, I actually, I was a, I was actually a redditor before that. I was like, you're, you're. Oh no! Literally, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I would literally go on our Smash Bros every day, look up clip, look at whatever was going on. I mean, I would just comment on stuff. I would play online for glory. Um, I would look up like videos of like Apex Twenty. Like I, I, I like to give you an idea. I first joined the scene when Leffen first started beating the five gods of Melee. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, so you've been around. Yeah. That is when <laughs> I first started, like, actually finding out, okay, what's the Smash scene? Who are these competitive players? What are the tournaments, etc.? I've been following 
since that. So like, I I do know a lot about like melee history and especially brawl history too. I just you know, I don't talk about it much because obviously you know Ultimate is the new game. But I've 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 been around for a hot second. Um, it's just that I've grown a lot you know ever since I've joined the community. Um, but even before Smash, right? Like Smash is not my my first competitive um, game. Uh, before I joined the Smash community, I was part of the uh, v- the Pokemon VGC community. I played uh, Pokemon VGC during the Black and White 2 as well as the X and Y era for about two years. Um, and then before that, I did uh, Magic the Gathering competitively. Um, <laughs> I played Standard and Modern. Uh, those were the two formats that I played the most in. Um, and um, so I, I'm quite like used to like I've, I've always been a competitive kid i've always loved competition i've always loved like improving at video games or whatever i'm playing and like not that i'm like oh i have to be like the best in the world but i've always had this itch of like even if i just play like a regular like single player game i always try to find ways to like speed run it i always trying to find like the best tactic what's the best strategy like it's always kind of just been like a natural thing in my head um and even my my brother, um, even though he's not like in the esports scene or whatever, he also was a very competitive person as a kid, like growing up. So he also played a little bit of, of competitive Pokemon back in Pokemon Red and Blue, actually, believe it or not. And he <laughs> also played Age of Empires 2 competitively, um, and he was like very highly ranked on the leaderboards in France. So I I very much come from a competitive family. Um, to say the least, I've always been in a competitive environment, no matter what I played. Like it's that's that's kind of how I grew up. Yeah, and it really, you know, that's not surprising to me at all. Um, just because it really does show in everything that you do. You know, Rise and Grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to work very closely with you, and it mm-hmm. is just so apparent that in literally every aspect of anything that you have control over. You're always just looking for how can I optimize this? How can this be done better? Uh, and it is yeah. really cool. And it's not surprising at all yeah. that you used to be, you know, in these communities where you're competing against other people, even before you got into yeah. the Smash scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's like I, I like I love competition. I think competition is super healthy. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, healthy competition, not toxic competition. But I, I, you know, like, one thing about me and is, like, I I get bored very easily when I don't have something to, like, strive for or look forward to. So if, let's say, let's say I'm playing, I don't know, let's say I'm playing, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a random game that I can think of, um... Oh, there's um, there's this one horror game I remember. Was it like Dead Island? I think it was called Dead Island or something. Okay. Um, is that the one with all the zombies on the in like you're in the mall? Yeah. Uh, no, it's like, it's a game where like you're on a deserted island on this like deserted like resort island. Okay, and, that's right. Yeah, and you have to find a way to get out of the island and everything. Um, I remember, like, I played that game, and I I finished that game in a day. Literally, I started <laughs> off. I woke up 10 a.m. I started the game, 
and then by like 4 a.m i finished the game like the main storyline and i did the <laughs> same thing for um what's it for south park the stick of truth if you know what that is <laughs> yeah i i literally like i would wake up eat breakfast and i started playing because i'm like oh this is a fun game and before I knew it, I was just so invested. And by the end of the day, I was, like, done. Like, even a recent example, like, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, the, the Pokemon Diamond remake, I think I finished the game in, like, two days or something. I was Good playing it with my girlfriend. Night. And she, she got, like, Shining Pearl, and I got Brilliant Diamond. She took, like, a week to, like, fully finish the <laughs> game and enjoy it. And I finished it in, like, two days. Um, so... It's and but the thing is, even after that, right? I, I got like I have to move on to something else. I have to move on to another project, another game, or something that I want to like complete. And in Smash specifically, when I finish like a project, like either it's Rising Grind, whether it's you know the Smash Calendar, whether it's whatever it is, I get very bored. And I don't like I don't like being stagnated. I don't like staying at the same level that I am. Um, I always want to be moving forward in life. I always want to be trying something new. I always want to have like a new goal that I'm working towards. And that's kind of just how I've, how I've always like that's kind of just been like a big part of my work ethic. Is I I need something to motivate me. Um, and it's it's helped me a lot in my career and just in life in general. Yeah, it's. I, I really respect that. Um, that kind of mindset will take you so, so, so far. And it already has taken you so far. Um, mm -hmm. It's very funny because you just do um, put everything you have into, like, everything you do. Um, it's, it's really inspiring. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people might not actually realize just how hard you work, um, you mm -hmm. know, uh, support your local TOs and support your national TOs. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think that's the sure. the big message I want people to take away from this episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, for sure. And like, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I'll be I'll be honest, right? And this is also another part of me that I think I think that my closer friends know, but that I don't know if I think I'm sure people have realized by now. Um, I, I am a workaholic, you know, like I do, <laughs> live, I do live and breathe by work. I'm always working. Like people ask me like, oh, Cact, what do you do like on your leisure time? Like just for fun, you know, I'm like, what do you mean for fun? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it's like, I, I, I'm like, I'm always working, but it's, it's because like to me, like the work I do, I consider it fun. I consider it fulfilling. I consider it, you know, engaging. And so to mm. me, it doesn't, you know, obviously it's still work and I have to pay the bills, but it doesn't feel like I'm working. You know, it's just like, this is my passion. This is what I love doing. I could spend days and nights doing brackets and event organizing. And, I, you know, it, I don't mind. Now, obviously there's days where I need to kind of step back and like, you know, I would either, like, I love, like, I would either play some like N64 games. I might watch some anime. I might watch like a show or something like there's, I have ways to like disconnect from smash, but the majority of my life is just like, I'm, I'm working really. And it doesn't feel like work to me because I, I love doing it so much. Absolutely. I very much feel the same way, you know, doing all this media stuff, doing this podcast and, um, doing things like the, uh, the unreleased video project 
TM, TM, TM that mm-hmm. I shot and recorded at Rise and Grind. Um, yeah, it, it very much is just fulfilling. Um, it's not even like, I, I don't know. I just feel so compelled to do it. And I, I can't mm-hmm. see myself doing anything else. Um, and even in my off time, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, the, like these ideas in my head and I just try and connect them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit. Well, first of all, I think one question everybody's probably dying to know. What's mm-hmm. uh, Give me your top two animes. Oh, top <laughs> two animes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I've thought of... I, so, one of them... So, my top two, I would say number one is Bleach. Okay. And number three... And number two, I would say, is probably uh, Hajime no Ippo. I, I know Bleach. That's you are totally. This is a deep cut for me. What is what is the second one? Put everybody so, onto Hajime, this. <laughs> Hajime no Ippo is a boxing anime. Uh, it's it's the story of like it's a it's the main character who's like he's like an aspiring boxer basically where he's. He grows up, he loves boxing, he loves watching boxing, you know, he, and he's not necessarily the most, in the beginning of the show, right, he's not the most athletic dude, he kind of just like, you know, I think he helps out his, he helps out his family a lot, he watches mm, boxing mm. when he can, but he's kind of a flimsy dude, and kind of like, some comic relief here and there, and eventually, you know, he, he meets this like, um, super professional boxer, like, he, he gets... Uh, he meets this, like, super big professional boxer, right? And he's like, oh, my God, you're my idol, blah, blah, blah. And in that kind of same scenario, there's these, like, these random thugs, these random, like, kids, like, bullying him or whatever. And he ends up, like, in a situation where he has to fight, and he and turns out that he's got a really mean punch. Like, he's actually, like, he's got a strong, he's got some power to him. But okay. obviously he doesn't know how to box. He mm-hmm. just knows how to punch. Mm-hmm. And so the the professional boxer sees that and he's like, "Yo, wait! Like, you actually might have some potential to become like a boxer." And so the whole anime is about him training as a boxer and you know growing up the ranks and world championships and whatnot. And I I love it because obviously you know it's, I mean I play Little Mac and Smash, so obviously there's that like <laughs> boxing connection. Yep. But especially because there's a like the there's a lot of like the mentality that Ippo has in the anime and the way he grows and a lot of like what they talk about, like competition and such, I resonate a lot with and I connect a lot with. And so it's just been, it, it has that like personal connection to me. And so that's why like, I, I really, really enjoy it. I love that. Uh, you know, that's always such a, anytime I, I hear somebody mention anime, I just, I don't even watch that much anime, but I just love hearing people talk about it because there's always some cool stuff happening in the anime world. Um, ah, I love that answer. Uh, so what, what was the name of that anime one more time? It's called Hajime no Ippo. Hajime no Ippo. Okay, I'll have to look yep. into that. Um, I'll, I'll, write it da- I'll write it down for you. Yeah, send that, send that in DMs. That sounds pretty fire, actually. Um, sweet. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I wanted to swap gears a little bit. Um, so I think one thing that a lot of people might kind of know about you, 
Uh, and then you already mm-hmm. mentioned um, you are not from the United States. You're from France, right? That is correct. Yep. yep. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. What has your experience been like um, moving from France to the United States? Uh, when when did you move? Mm-hmm. So I so I was born and raised in Paris, in Paris, France. And I moved to Boston when I was nine years old. Um, and so I've, I've been living in – and so for reference, I'm currently 25. I just turned 25 a um, couple of days ago, actually, on September 18. Oh, happy birthday. Um, thank you. Um, so I've been, I've been in the U.S. for, I think, 16 years now. Okay. Um, but I – so originally, you know, my, my father's work – basically told them tldr you did all your work in france you know you did everything we wanted you to do um we have a new branch that's opening in boston you either move to boston and continue working in the american branch right and kind of expand into that side of the world or you're fired what oh. <laughs> so that's a but... pretty shitty choice yeah, and and, it, and I say you're like it wasn't like oh we're gonna kick you out the door tomorrow, but it it was basically like hey like within like a two to three months time we won't really have anything for you to do and there won't really be a point to you being in the company anymore. So you should probably like they really they here's your they out. Kind of, yeah, here's your out. Like expand to the U.S. section or you know find another company to work with. Yeah. So me being nine years old. I can't really, you know, I don't really have a say in what my dad does for a living. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up, um, I joined him and my, so my mom, my dad and I all moved to the U S uh, my brother who was 10 years older than me at the time was 19. Um, was he had just started college. So he wasn't really in a position to beat to actually, sorry, to, um, to move out of, of college. And so he ended up staying in France while my parents and I moved to the U S and, you know, for the first, I want to say, eight to ten years of being in the U.S., uh, I actually hated the U.S. a lot. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Like, I, I really, like, I wanted to move back to France. I wanted to go back. I, I Every day, every year, I was like, Mom, Dad, I can't wait to i can't wait to graduate high school i can't wait to go to college in france like it was just like that was my goal and it's like i have to go back to france i want to go back to my friends i want to you know be with my brother again like that's what i want to do and as time went on you know as i grew up as i started you know getting more and more friends and and also like you know i've i've always been like a pretty nerdy kid um, so, you know, growing up, I was unfortunately bullied a lot. Cause like, haha, you know, you're the nerdy kid in the early two thousands. It wasn't as cool to be like a geek and a nerd than it is now. Mm-hmm. And being from like, from France, I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up. Um, you know, I, I did go to an international school. I went to a French American school in Boston, but everyone who was from France was speaking English all the time. So even the people who I could potentially connect with, everyone was talking English. And I had to, I couldn't even, I could barely connect with people from my own country because everyone became so Americanized. And I just didn't, I didn't vibe with the culture. I didn't, you know, 
I learned the language pretty quickly, but I just I just didn't fit in, and I just missed home way too much. Um, but as I got older, I realized that like career-wise, it just made a lot more sense to me to be in the U.S. And it just I've mm. obviously really grown a lot. I've gotten a lot of friends and everything, and I was like, look, I might as well make the best of it while I'm here and just go and visit France whenever I can and just connect with like my old childhood friends and the French Smash community, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's, I, and I, I won't lie, you know, I, I still do have a certain level of this, you know, I don't want to say hatred because it, it's, you can say you hate the United you know States I, on this I, I, podcast. I, I'm be, okay. I'm, I'm going to be real. <laughs> I, I do. I do hate the U.S. I'll be real. I do yeah, hate the U.S. I, you know, like, I do too, you know, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> And it, it, it sucks because, like, you know, I'm I'm not American. I'm I'm a green card holder, which means I'm a I'm a legal permanent resident of the United States, but I'm not a citizen. Mm -hmm. And everyone asks me, like, well, are you going to become a citizen? Do you consider yourself American? And honestly, I don't. I don't want to consider myself American. I don't want to become a citizen because there's just a lot of things about this country that I just can't connect with. I can't associate myself with. I just don't agree with. And as much as I, I'm very thankful for the work opportunities that this country has given me, and I'm obviously very thankful for all the friends and all the close relationships I've created in this country, I can't wake up and proudly say I'm American, and I'm proud to be American, and I'm proud to be a U.S. citizen. I, I just cannot say that yet with full confidence. And so until I can say that, I don't wish to become an American citizen. Honestly, that is entirely fair. Um, you know, as a member of the LGBT community, I mm. also have a fair amount of disdain for the way that our country operates. Um, mm. <laughs> yep, and yep, yep. yeah, it's, it's, ooh, I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. But like at the same time, Oh man, like there's just so many job opportunities here compared to, you know, for in mm -hmm. France, for example, especially in the esports industry. Not to say yeah. that there aren't esports opportunities mm -hmm. in France, but you mm -hmm. know, if you have the opportunity to live in the United States where there are events that you can travel to super easily, um, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty easy. But um, yeah, no, it is. It is rough. Um... Yeah, and like, and I, I like, I, you know, the the French, the French esports scene has been growing a lot, and they're making huge progress. And I'm, I'm very happy to see them grow. And I've, I've, I, you know, I work with them very, very often. But I mean, I just, it, it's, it's nothing compares to the level of like opportunities that you get here in the U.S. and the, the money that's here and the, the scale of events. Like it's. It's you just can't compete, and I just have to be honest with myself. I'm like, look, like, I the U.S. like this is where I need to work. I need to work in the U.S. to really grow and you know make a living full time. Um, but you know, as a person, right? As like, cact me, cact wants to be in the U.S., but me, Cyrus wants to be in France, and it's yeah. it's a constant like back and forth that I have to kind of like fight with and I have to like really figure out and just say, okay, well, how can I still, how can I do fulfill my career here, 
whilst they'll feel like I'm, you know, back home in France or at least have some level of connection with my homeland. Um, and it becomes difficult to manage, you know, especially when I have all these, you know, really great friendships and especially with my girlfriend too, you know, you know, when I have like, you know, we've been together for almost two years now. Mm. Um, you know, when you start talking about like these like long-term decisions and, you know, you start thinking about like a, like establishing a life here in the U S and just still, but at the same time being like, yeah, but I'm French, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing really. So it's, yeah. it's something that I'm, I'm like, you know, battling with every day and something I'm just kind of figuring out as time goes and just seeing what opportunities come up, seeing how the country develops and just really see like maybe one day, you know, I'm going to have a change of heart. Maybe something's going to change inside me where like, I do want to consider myself an American citizen, but until then, I feel you know, like that change like in the middle. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that change will come from within you as some like personal epiphany where you're going to wake yeah. up and be like, oh, I suddenly love it. Like, I think for that condition to be met, several other prerequisites must have yes. already been fulfilled. <laughs> yep, like, America, honey, got you got to get your shit together. Like, ooh, yep. it is not, ooh. Um, God bless America and everything, but honey, she needs some work. She needs some counseling. <laughs> oh my God, there's there's so much, and like, and I I don't mean to get like political or whatever, but just there's so much. Like I just, I, I it's like, you know, I, I and obviously I know you know you as a as a member of the LGBTQ community, I'm sure you've experienced plenty of you know horrible things and seen a lot of things that just, you know are not fun to deal with, and even like myself. Um, I, I I mean, so I I am born and raised in France. You know, I I am a French citizen, but my my family is Middle Eastern. Um, my mother's side is Iranian, and my dad's side is Armenian. And you know, you can kind of tell, you know, kind of just by looking at my, uh, just my my all my all my, my complexion. That's the word. My your complexion. your gorgeous hair and facial <laughs> hair and eyebrows. Oh my God. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, looking at all my hair and looking at my name and everything, I I do like I've dealt with a lot of racism. I've dealt with a lot of like, you know, prejudice and all that. Like, yeah. it, it, it's there's a lot of things really that I just I I'm I have to deal with, especially when I travel with TSA and such. And I don't know until, not to say that doesn't exist in the rest of the world, obviously, but until that I gets, mean. I also have my gripes with the TSA. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're preaching like... to the choir here. My girlfriend calls it the trans girl tax of every time you, you know a trans girl goes through TSA, yeah. you got to get pat down. Um, which yeah. is like, it's so fucked up, but like, ooh. Like yeah, America, no, I, honey. Yeah. Like, ugh. It get is your shit icky. together. Get your shit together. Um, yeah, and and it's it's funny. It's it's funny too, because like even in in kind of connecting it to, I actually have a connection to Smash in that regard. You know, generally when you ask people what region they're from, right, or what region they're representing, usually they'll say like, "Oh, I'm Arizona. I'm Philadelphia. I'm Florida. I'm Boston. I'm this. I'm that." But I don't, I don't really have like a region that I can 
say confidently, like, this is my region. Like, I've lived in New England. I've lived in Florida. I currently live in Philadelphia. And I've done a lot of work for all these scenes. But I, I can't, like, I don't know. I, I can't really call associate myself with one specific scene. I've just, I'm always traveling. I'm always meeting new people. I'm always meeting all these different communities. And I, I almost feel like, not that I don't have a region, because I think that has a negative connotation, but more so like I'm just kind of everywhere. I just kind of, you know, go wherever I'm needed and, you know, move from place to place. And, you know, I'm I'm very mobile in that sense. I mean, I I would consider your region to be like France, you know, like if you were to represent anywhere, I think, you know, representing your home, that's usually what people do you know, representing mm -hmm. their homeland, even if they end up moving. Um, and so while I think, you know, you are one of the most versatile tournament organizers in the scene, if not the most versatile, because uh, you literally do go everywhere. You have been everywhere. Um, yeah. I still consider you, like, you're repping, you're repping France. Yeah, and, and I think that's, and I agree with that. At the end of the day, like, if you were to tell me, like, you have to pick one region one area one country i would i would definitely say like it's france like when i competed in smash 4 i it was absolutely like i'm a french player i'm representing france like i want the french flag when i go on stream like i i think that's you know i'm that's my true and try like in the u.s sure, oh I'm my god lot, oh i'm so sorry to... yeah, france. i wait we met at genesis 7 that's what it was i remember genesis... Yeah, we met at Genesis 7. I think we shared an Uber um, from the airport. Uh, it was you, me, and uh, one of my friends. Um, and I literally remember, like, somebody... There was a French Little Mac player, and I'm, like, 90% sure it was you. <laughs> um, Were you at Genesis possible. 7? Yeah, because, like, there weren't, like... There weren't really that many like French Little Macs to begin with, and French Little Macs that went to Genesis. Yeah, that was that was probably me. That was probably you. <laughs> Boy, back before you know, either of us had any reason to know who the other person was. <laughs> right. That's that's, that's so down. funny. That's, well, shit. Now, I, I'm glad you brought that back up. That's that's a really cool memory. Well, now now I know that we met. You know. A very long time ago. Yeah, yeah, pre-COVID. Um, man, ah, that album is still one of my favorite albums I've shot. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so, no, that's super cool. Um, yeah, I, I can very much understand your apprehension of declaring yourself, you know, the USA, T.O., but... Um, I, I really do think it's cool that you still maintain that level of connection with your homeland because, you know, that kind of thing is so important, especially in, you know, such a globalized world, you know, just to maintain that level of like, yeah, it's it's your home. It's it's your people, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it's this is who I am. This is who I grew up with. This is who I personally, culturally associate with the most. And, you know, I have to be true to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so cool. Um, 
Uh, I didn't really have anything else prepared for you. Um, the floor is kind of yours at this point. Um, you know, one of the, the my favorite things about this show is, you know, like I said, uh, I want people to be able to connect with um, these personalities. And, you know, I, I think what is something that the people listening to this show might not know about you? So I think something people might not know about me, and this might seem, I think this might seem as very shocking to people when they see like the work I do. Um, I'm a very, very introverted person. Um, I'm someone who very much values my, my privacy. I'm someone who's not, you know, I'm not like an extremely like social guy in the sense that like if you put me if you tell me like we're going to a party right with like 20 30 50 people i'm probably not gonna want to go if you tell (laughs) me like if you tell me hey we're going out bowling or something and there's like a bunch of people there i probably won't want to go unless i know everyone if i'm at home i'm usually in my room or in my office kind of just like in my own world you know i don't like my 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 social battery like as obviously has grown a lot over time because of what I do but I don't know I'm like I kind of like being in my bubble and like there's I've I've trained myself to be a lot more extroverted in the last few years and I've trained myself to be more you know open to social situations but I don't know I've just like I'm I like keeping to myself really I've um I've also I also hate social media Personally, mm. I did not have a like. I think I was the last person in my in my class to get a Facebook account in high school. <laughs> um, uh, I um, I literally only made a Twitter because of the Smash community. Otherwise, I would have never made a Twitter account. Um, like I just, I don't know something like. I think social media is great, but I think it, it's gotten it encourages people to be very negative and toxic because there's very little accountability. Mm. And I think this having discussions online, especially on Twitter is very, very difficult. And it just leaves like room for a lot of misinterpretation and it just creates, it, it can make things more complicated. And it just, I, I don't know. Like I, if, if to, if I didn't have to be on Twitter because of Smash and work, I would absolutely delete my Twitter. I would probably keep my Facebook for very like very close friends, and I would probably just be more in the shadows, really, um, because not only because of who I am as an introvert, but also just because of the way I perceive social media. And you know, I don't mind being I don't mind being this open. I don't mind being there for everyone. I don't mind using Twitter all the time. But I do wish it was different, and I do wish I could kind of go back to just being, like, in my own shell sometimes. I, I do wish I didn't have, like, this, like, you know, huge following. I could kind of just be myself more often and not be as professional. I do wish I could just not worry about all these expectations on me. And, like, part of it, too, is, like, obviously, you know, I brought this upon myself. You know, I, I'm the one who decided to go into this career. But it's it's, like... 
my work life and Smash has really blended into my personal life a lot, and I do wish I was able to separate that more. So I've I've been making a lot of efforts to separate it, but I wish there was more separation to begin with. Yeah, you know, let's kind of talk about that. So first of all, I think I'm not too terribly surprised to hear that you're an introvert. Um, mostly just because the way that I see it, introverts and extroverts, it's not all that different. It really just is like, how do you recharge your social battery? You know, like yep. I think introverts recharge their social batteries by spending time alone. Uh, extroverts mm-hmm. recharge by spending time around other people. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just like how the world works. And I, I think there's no shame in being either one, but kind of changes how you interact with the world but um that's that's kind of what i wanted to talk about is the way that you have ended up becoming a figurehead in the community um Mm -hmm. did you ever was was it an intentional decision to become such a public figure in the smash community or did you just kind of wake up one day and say huh now people are all looking to me for these answers for these problems um and would you change it if you had the opportunity to um i would say definitely the latter in the sense that over time as things developed i realized like oh everyone's been coming to me for you know all these issues or these projects or whatnot like I kind of just became this like, you know, representative and figurehead of the scene. And if I had the opportunity, I think I would change that. Yeah. I think I would, um, not necessarily just not be a figurehead, but like, I would definitely be more laid back and more like not as publicly involved. And that's not, I'm working towards that a little bit. Um, you know, like I like I never intended to be like the TO or whatever, right? Like I'm not trying to be like the person the go-to person. I've always just wanted to help people out. I wanted like like when I started TOing for the first time, right, with like my local college weeklies and whatnot, I just I wanted to help out. I wanted to get involved, I wanted to do something with my life, I wanted a career. And so I would just help out, I would meet new people, and I would just figure out how shit works, and I would just do it. But I never explicitly wanted to be, like, the person. Um, It just kind of ended up that way because I get involved in so many different things. And my work ethic, because I'm so involved and so active, people, I think, just naturally started gravitating towards me and started like trusting me with all these big decisions and when something needed to be taken care of or whatever people kind of just naturally figured okay well this is this is the guy to go to and at first i didn't really have an issue with it you know because i didn't really think i didn't expect to and i didn't really think it would get to where it is now and i was like oh you know i mean i'm happy to help i'm happy to be you know i'm very thankful that people were able to trust me for what i do but i definitely do I don't regret it, but I, I do wish that it I wasn't such a I do wish that I wasn't on such a big public platform and I do wish that I could get a little bit more leniency 
and have a way to just I think just be a regular member of the community and just be a, a hu like more of a human being. Because I think a lot of people, when they look at these TOs, they look at like the major figureheads, they they see us as like authority figures and they see us not like a government per se, but it's like we're authority figures first and then people second. And I feel like that should be swapped around. I feel like people should remember like at the end of the day, we're people too. We have our own needs. We have our own limits. But this is a job for us, right? Like I wasn't, I didn't wake up and decide I want to direct the Smash community. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just doing my job at the end of the day. But I, I'm also a person. I can't do everything. I don't have the mental stamina for everything. I have my limits. I can fuck up. That happens. And I think I feel like people forget that a lot. And people put us on this like to these like extreme, perfect standards that we have to be upheld to. And it's just not realistic. Um, that's just something that I wish was different about my life and just the way people perceived authority in the Smash community. Yeah, and uh, it, it's also very frustrating to be in the Smash community when uh, you do have to, you know, as the community as a whole, you kind of have to take responsibility for everything on your own because mm -hmm. Nintendo isn't, Whew, it's not they're not really doing anything to you know mm -hmm. run things so it kind of does come down to the figureheads in the community like yourself uh to mm -hmm. end up making these big decisions for these events that you know i mean i'll just be honest like nintendo if you're listening hire this man to mm -hmm. be your esports coordinator you know, <laughs> um, I, I would love to that. I would absolutely love that. But yeah, no, Nintendo being so disconnected has made things very difficult for us in the Smash scene. And frankly, there's a lot of situations, a lot of things we're just not prepared for. We're not trained for like, you know, a lot of us TOs, we don't have degrees in event organization. We don't necessarily have like training or anything we just kind of like we just do things we just do things we get involved we start these new projects and we learn as we go but none of us went to school for this shit you know yeah um just some of the random situations that come up that nobody could possibly see coming at these events and mm -hmm. you know it's not like there is a training like a formal guidebook of oh here's what to do in this situation, like you literally just have to make it up as you go, you know, especially because like most of the tournament organizers literally are just people who started organizing tournaments and just kept doing it. And that's why they are where they are, you know, like you yeah. didn't go to school to be a tournament organizer and you didn't, this isn't what you've been dreaming about since you were, well, maybe, but you know, <laughs> it's... Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't. I was not, like, when I was a kid, like, I wanted to, like, I wanted to be involved. Like, when I, originally, I wanted to work in tech. I wanted to work in, like, IT or be a programmer or something. Originally, like, as, like, a high schooler. But as I, but, like, I've always had a soft spot for competition. I've always had a soft spot for, like, competing in, like, gaming. So... When I first joined, I wanted to be like a competitive player, a pro player, whatever. But 
you know, things developed to where I became a TO and now this is my full-time career. But your point does still stand where like, I didn't train, I didn't take classes to become a TO or anything. Yeah. Um, which honestly, you know, if, if anybody was to start that program, I think, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have to talk about that later. You know, maybe we'll Mm -hmm. make that program. So, um, or I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think there should be some, um, some guidelines and things that people should be able to follow, but. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there is some stuff like that in the works right now. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. You know way more about that kind of stuff than I do. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say if I'm giving away the trade secrets. Um, I mean, I, I know so I know things I I've heard of certain developments, but like, you know, I know that. So looking at other esports, right? Like I know obviously stuff like League of Legends, Valorant, Counter Strike. Like those games are a lot more established, and I think for those games, there is a much stronger collegiate connection, and I think it is possible to follow a career or some sort of like education where esports is a big part of it if you were to follow those kind of games. But I think for stuff like Smash and fighting games, we're still very early in that sense. And we don't have that level of like funding, that level of recognition. And I just don't think we've hit that status, even though we have like very strong numbers and viewership and attendance and whatnot. We just haven't hit quite that level of like, not prestige, but I know professionalism. It's the scene yeah, is mature enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it will come in time, though. You know, there's already um, places that are working on, you know, putting together collegiate leagues, and um, even in my home state, uh, there's this esports lounge near me um, that is working with these schools um, and giving them like hours to come in and play games and they would literally walk kids through how to begin a career in esports um so Mm -hmm. it is it is developing it is maturing but uh it's definitely something it'll take a lot more time yeah awesome well (laughs) other than that do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up um yeah yeah, no, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm, you know, for, for all the, all the, the, what's it, all, for, for all the negative, you know, all my thoughts about the U.S. and the community and, you know, myself and whatnot, I'm still, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a very happy place in my life right now. You know, I'm very happy to be where I am. I'm very proud of all the work that I did. I'm very thankful for all the friends and family and everyone and, you know, my girlfriend and everyone that I've met, you know, in the last 16 years of being in this country, you know, I, I I know nothing, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And there's always going to be things that can change that I wish were better or different, but you know, I'm just going with the flow. And honestly, I'm very content with the flow so far. So I'm just here for the ride. I'm just here to see what happens. Like, Hey, for all I know, 
in a month's time I could get a job offer in like I don't know Mexico or some shit. I don't know. You know <laughs> I, I I you know people ask like oh where do you see yourself in five years ten years? It's like dude I have no idea. I don't know like <laughs> wherever there's money, me, whatever there's opportunity and money and it makes me happy. Fuck it, I'll go. If you tell me pack your bags, you're going to South Korea for three years. Fuck it, I'm going to South Korea for three years. Why not? You know. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on this program. It's been an absolute delight having you. Um, thank you to everybody who is out here listening. Uh, and a huge thank you to at PX underscore pride on Twitter for composing the intro and outro music. Um, otherwise, uh, my name is Jules. I've been joined by Cyrus Cagged. The man, the myth, the legend, and uh, other than that, thank you for listening, and have a lovely rest of your night. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone.